One of Carney's favorite ways to describe the iMama Project is this. The iMama Project isn't about motherhood, it's about humanity. We should look into the home because this is part of our humanity and so much of our lives are spent there. So much of the world is built around how we raise our kids and what we do at home. All those little moments build who we are and how could they not have significance? And we're so similar, like humanity, especially I mamas made me really realize how similar we are. Um, but if we don't share it, how will we know? How will we care about the other? And how will we have empathy for people who don't look like us or sound like us or have the same ethical morals or, or religions as us if we don't see? Welcome to the Mama I Hear You podcast, stories for moms by moms. I'm so happy you're here. I'm your host, Jamie Evans, and I have two boys, four and seven. This is a place where we can all connect and support each other by sharing our stories about all the things that come with motherhood in the early years. From the times that feel incredibly hard to the times that make you laugh out loud, no topic is off limits. So warm up your coffee again, and let's get started. <laughs> yeah, you need a theme tune. <laughs> that can't a, be it. a baby, a baby crying, a lullaby. Um, that would make women go crazy. crazy. Right? Yeah. Everyone, I can't listen to everyone this. Be leaking milk and like. <laughs> so today I'm talking with Carney Ariely, the founder of I Mama Project. Carney will not be sharing her own motherhood story today, but rather talking about the importance of sharing our stories. iMama Project is a curation of thousands of photos of real-life motherhood on Instagram from over 40 countries. The photos are beautiful. They're taken by moms who are also photographers. Carney actually started collecting and sharing these photos during the COVID lockdowns. And iMama Project was recently featured on the cover of National Geographic Digital in an article titled Stress, Love, Joy, What Mothers Photographed During the Pandemic. If you're interested in reading that article, I will leave a link in the show notes. In this episode, you'll get to know Carney a little bit and learn about her goals for iMama Project, which include bringing visibility to motherhood, empowering moms, and connecting us all back to our humanity. Tell me your name, where you live, just basic, who you are. So I'm Carney Ariely, and I'm a mother of two boys. I'm a filmmaker and photographer. Um, I'm half Israeli, half British, and I've been living in Bristol in the UK probably for around, I think something like 14 years or so, maybe a bit more. Um, and I live in a nice sort of house with a garden, very British uh, sort of, you know, chilled place in Bristol. And um, my studio's in the back garden. That's where I'm in now. Do you have family here? Um, I have, I have like distant cousins, but all our immediate family is abroad. 
So we're basically flying solo with the kids. Carney majored in photography in art school and she moved to the UK to pursue photography and for her husband, Saul, to pursue animation. They ended up actually making mixed media, music videos, and they directed a couple of films together. One of their films called Turning was BAFTA nominated in 2011. But Carney keeps coming back to photography. Ever since she was a little girl, she's used her camera to tell stories. I used to photograph my sister when we were younger too. Um, I'd put her in all kinds of weird situations and um, is this your younger sister? <laughs> yeah, she's six years younger. You know, I'd say, just crawl under that bed, pretend like you're dead, <laughs> and stay there for half an hour. And there'd be like some spider webs or like a dead rat or like, you know, there's always like some story. And then afterwards, she, I realized that actually that was something we connected over. And she liked being, you know, maybe the center of the photograph. This is what she told me later. She felt quite special that I photographed her a lot and used her as sort of my self-portrait person who sort of represented what I wanted to do in the picture. As Carney got older, she continued creating stories by photographing other women. And she found the most interesting and creative ways to connect with them. I just loved storytelling and I would work with women a lot which is weird because it led me to where I am today, maybe in a zigzag kind of, you know, path. I would just even stop in the street. I'm quite a people person. And I would literally either stop women I liked or talk to them or just like find dancers or interesting women and try and create a narrative. I'd say, oh, I'm doing this project. Would you like to be involved? And often like, I, you know, as you can see, I don't look very intimidating. <laughs> So that's my, uh, that's, that's my way in. Uh, you know, if I was uh, a serial killer, that would be a big issue. But, you know, I'm just, a you know, I'm like a friendly kind of mom. And before that, like a friendly female photographer. And I think they would just see that I was honest in my approach. And then we'd just do something, you know, I'd just get them to do some crazy things. My photography would be a little bit poetic and a bit morbid. I guess I was trying to express myself by showing, like trying to find my place in the world through photography, which is what you do. So you explore your self-portrait, you know, with yourself in it. And then if you do it with other people, you're trying to express something that's unsaid. Because if you can say it, you might as well say it. So expressing the unsaid is, it's like an art form and it's an endless search. You're trying to express what you're feeling and you're searching, you're searching, you're searching. When I was preparing for this interview with Carney, I looked at all of these raw moments of motherhood from all over the world on iMama. And I had a really difficult time describing the photos with words. The best I could come up with was a feeling. I, I've spent hours in the past couple days, like I've read all of your interviews. I've searched iMama Project and I have pages and pages and pages of notes and rearranging and I couldn't capture it. I couldn't capture it. I even called my mom and I'm like, what is it? I feel when I look at the photos on iMama Project that I'm like that fly on the wall 
I literally feel like I'm in their house. And it feels like my home. Like there's, you know, it it feels like the real imperfection of my home and my life that's also extremely beautiful. Like the messiness is beautiful. And that's what I see in the photos. And so I feel so seen. Feeling seen is key, like what you just said. I think to feel empowered and to feel um, okay in the world, you have to feel a part of something. And because the world is sort of falling apart a little bit in the sense of communities and families and interactions and social media and I think the spiderweb of connection is feeling you belong to a group that's bigger than you, to something that's more meaningful than you in the world, and that you belong. And you can't feel like you belong if you don't see things that are similar to things you're going through. And I guess I I said to a friend today that I think when I curate the mama gaze, which is what I try and do in the iMama project, I'm sort of curating my feelings of motherhood, rather than curating this, you know, motherhood as this or that or the other, it's the feeling of motherhood. And that feeling could be anything from rage to, you know, exhaustion to beauty to, um, you know, love and admiration and connection and lack of it and all of those things. But it's definitely a feeling. And I think photography is superb in depicting that because often we are at a loss for words. We can talk and talk and talk, but that's usually it's edited through the side of our brain that's already editing and already overthinking. Whereas an image, it's an extension of your eye or your arm or your heart. You know, I call it often a project of eye and heart. And it really is. Carney just really wanted to create something that she herself wanted to see. And she wanted to see something beyond the unrealistic, art-directed, commercial depictions of motherhood. Then, you know, one of, of the iMamas wrote to me today, she was drinking, she's in Israel, and she was drinking this drink that we often drink in Israel, like a bag of chocolate milk. It's like cold. That sounds amazing. And it's really a bag nice. of chocolate. It's just a bag of chocolate milk. And she was like sucking it. And then I wrote to her, oh, this really makes me think of home and feel like I'm home. And she was like, your platform makes me feel like I'm home. And that was really touching. And I'd never thought of it in that way. And that cliche of like home is where the heart is. Often it's the smells and the senses and the unsaid that makes you feel like you're home. And, uh, you know, that can be very powerful to feel like you're home, to feel like you belong. And you know, to say the unsaid, to feel seen. And all of those things are very much, I think, the I Mama project. But again, in hindsight, I don't think I knew what I was doing to begin with. I think I just wanted to create what I wanted to see. I was missing a vision. I couldn't find it. I Mama project is really a project about creating what I just couldn't find, which was mothers sharing their own truths about motherhood and being empowered, telling their own narrative and their own storytelling in their own way. And there's millions of versions of motherhood. There's not one way of telling the story. But I wanted a serious portfolio, and I wanted it to be 
you know, pleasurable and poetic enough so that people who weren't mums would be drawn in like sugar, like candy. I call it like visual pleasure. Once you get drawn in by the visual pleasure and the poeticness, you can have content that's much harder to swallow. So once you're in and once you're hooked, then you can have like the nosebleed, the tired mom, the way that it's told professionally is kind of like the wrapping or like the way you present the story. And I think it's key to storytelling. You know, as photographers, you have to be the king of your tool. You have to be professional. You have to show it in the right light at the right moment with so it's powerful. And then you can tell any story you pretty much want. You know, then then you're free. And and that's the amazing thing is that there's just so many different stories. And the more I was seeing, the more I was craving it. You know, when you're facing death or facing a pandemic or facing, you know, things that are traumatic, you tend to be more real. Your your layers of skin, you know, are shed. And that's a very honest and a and very vulnerable place to stand and say, here I am. But that's an amazing connecting point. And I think I loved all these images because they felt much more honest than what I was maybe seeing before. I curate things that I feel are, you know, powerful, poetic, personal, close up. You know, often your babies are very close up when you're a mom of young kids. All the details, the light and dark, the hardships, you know, and the imperfections, like you say as well, like we really relate. We're humans and humans aren't perfect. These are very much mothers looking inwardly. They're looking introspectively into their home and family you know, often I call it peepholes into the home. It's just like that fantasy that you have when you look over a landscape, over a view, you know, like let's say in New York or London, and you see thousands of flickery windows and that kind of cliche of like, what's behind all those windows? You know, I always what wonder like what's happening right? right now in all these different houses. like All the homes. Yeah. It's all secret, these secret lives behind closed doors. And it's not about the the big stories. It's about the little stories, all the little goings on, all the little narratives that are happening all the time that we kind of underestimate and overlook and don't take seriously, but yet it builds most of our lives. One of Carney's favorite ways to describe the iMama Project is this. The iMama Project isn't about motherhood. It's about humanity. We should look into the home because... This is part of our humanity and so much of our lives are spent there. So much of the world is built around how we raise our kids and what we do at home. All those little moments build who we are and how could they not have significance? And we're so similar, like humanity, especially I Mamas made me really realize how similar we are. Um, but if we don't share it, how will we know? How will we care about the other and how will we have empathy for people who don't look like us or sound like us or have the same ethical morals or, or religions as us if we don't see? It's very easy to detach. Like in the model world, modern world as well, I was just as much a victim of this. We're a little bit removed and to protect ourselves, especially if you're sensitive, I'm like, oh, it's not me. It's not us. But it is us. If you think of humanity as a whole, you think of this little blue planet like astronauts get this kind of top view perspective of the world as like one little planet. And often when you see that, it's the only time you get it. And iMama's done that for me. iMama's sort of been my astronaut view. 
that's an interesting way to think about it, but an astronaut view onto motherhood, because I've picked up motherhood pieces from all around the world. You know, we've got 40, 50 countries or so, and it's made me a better person, I think, in the sense that I can relate more deeply when I see people who don't look like me with kids or from other countries or in war, I just very quickly feel connected and want to help and don't feel like there's much difference between us actually. And I think that is a direct response to being constantly infused with content from iMama. Carney started iMama when the lockdowns in COVID began. But after the war in Ukraine started, she shifted to using her platform as a way to showcase mamas standing for peace. And she began sharing photos from both Russian and Ukrainian moms with the hashtag Mamas for Peace. If you can envision yourself in someone's skin, then you can care and then you can be motivated into action, I think. And I think that if you can't envision yourself in someone's skin, if it's too far removed, if you haven't seen the images, if you haven't seen the stories, if you haven't been exposed to it enough to be able to empathize deeply and put yourself in their skin, then you're most likely not going to be motivated to care enough to do something. All these women from the Ukraine were sending me images being in war time. And I thought... Why not just move from pandemic into war? I mean, this is what's happening in these women's lives. I was speaking to some Ukrainian moms while bombs were falling. And I know that I've run to shelters as a child. If you've run to a shelter with a siren, you know how horrific that is. No child should ever have to run to a shelter with a siren because it's petrifying and it's not what childhood is about. Children should be safe. We have to fight you know, for peace and for connection. I would say that most mothers, 99.9% of mothers would always choose having their kids alive and not having to be in war. I started showcasing these women for peace, Russian and Ukrainian women. And I started forming these friendships. And literally some of these women, uh, this one particular woman, Victoria, would write to me, she's got a young kid who's four. She decided to stay in the Ukraine because her parents and partner were there in West Ukraine. She wrote to me in the middle of the night, I might be the worst mom in the world for not saving my child. Like, have I doomed my child? And that is a terrible, horrible sentence to read. But it made me acutely aware of like how we have to do something and have to like not be indifferent. And, um, you know, we sang happy birthday to her boy on a video, me and my son to her son on the video on on the DMs because we felt connected. And now she wrote to me like, we consider you part of our family. (laughs) You know, she's like, it's really sweet. Like these connections suddenly become quite deep within, especially in like needy times when women are in, you know, time of need. I'd really talk to a lot of moms in weird situations, in tough situations, and try and be a friend to them, try and not just be a curator, but be someone who reaches out in the dark across oceans to another country and says, hey, I'm here too. And as it turned out, it wasn't just Carney connecting with the moms who were submitting photos to this project. 
but the mom submitting photos were connecting with each other as well, creating this worldwide community of mothers sharing each other's experiences with one another. The I mama share each other's stories with each other. So they're constantly, I see the little networks forming in front of my eyes. You know, a mom from like, you know, whether it's like uh, Indonesia will be following a mom from America. And I know it's from my mom project. And we'll be saying like, I love this image of yours or, oh my God, I just went through that. Sometimes it's about the content of motherhood and sometimes it's about the image of, you know, as a photographer. And that's the crossover, I guess. And so already I see this network, this spider web of like care and empathy and sharing. Carney believes there's power in sharing stories. Empowerment starts with visibility. You know, you can't empower the invisible. And when a mom says to me, oh, I'm just a photographer, mom, I don't have any power. This is what recently a mom in Ukraine said to me. I feel so powerless. And I'm like, you're not powerless. You have your story. And while you have your story and you share it and I share it and someone at a magazine shares it and then someone in America will look at it and feel empathy and maybe donate or go give some needed, you know, um, basic essentials to donate to Ukraine or will decide to go march for women's rights. Or, you know, I think visibility bring empathy and empathy and care bring action. And that chain of empowerment is power. It's just a different kind of power. And that's why the bigger the visibility, the better, because I don't want to just share it with moms. Because to us, it's like more obvious, like, of course, we'll be seen and we'll love this portfolio. But I also love men and children and boys and teenagers and, and whoever it is who's looking at anything needs to be looking at this too. Through I Mama Project, Carney wants to bring visibility to the struggles moms are facing. I think first you have to be engaged with something. You know, you have to look at it closely and realize what it is you're looking at and what it is that you need. And then I think we can start the work of empowering. Uh, you know, so many women have written to me about, you know, losing children, uh, adopting children, IVF, um, mental issues, health issues, just the birth element and birth and health and mental health in pandemic even more. How can you uh, empower women? How can you strengthen them? How can we assist moms at home who are like, you know, often losing their jobs before men, leaving their careers before men, losing the plot, juggling kids and work or not juggling, juggling their mental health, lack of sleep. Uh, and this can be for dads too. Like empowering moms means empowering carers. Carney repeatedly says that her platform is fully inclusive. It includes transgender and non-binary mamas and anyone who identifies themselves as a mama. Her goal is to empower all carers. Mama's like a term of endearment and it could relate to anyone who feels like they're a mother. That's how we describe the project. Anyone who feels like they're a mother and is a photographer and therefore it goes without saying that if it's your grandma involved or your husband, that's great. But if we don't empower moms, if we don't give them our, the support that they need, you know, how are we going to raise the next generation to be caring? Often as moms in the fight or flight mode and we're with our head down to the wind, we're in the forest, you know, and especially with young kids, we've, we just don't have the distancing and the, the sort of outside looking in 
point of view to be able to make a statement. We're often just in the moment, trying to survive, trying to get through the day, trying to be sane, trying to have a shower. So it's very hard to empower yourself like that. Being a mom, you're sort of a little bit like apologetic. Oh, I'm just a mom, which is ridiculous because it's so much work. She also wants the photos in I Mama Project to connect us all back to our childhood and to our humanity. I think if you can connect to that part in you, then hopefully you'd feel something to your own childhood. Like, again, even if you're not a parent, you've been a child. And that's the chain of humanity. So you could potentially relate back to your childhood and the feeling of being cared for or your mother or father or to your own children or to other people's children or to just the next generation of humanity who are going to have to save this planet from global warming and war and uh, refugee crisis, migration and racism and all these issues, things that are going on in the world. So you could relate to it, you know, from that point of view, in the sense, our race as humanity is to keep staying alive, but also stay enlightened. Like living is half of it. You need a heartbeat, but you also need a soul. You know, artistry makes us feel the human side that's not the metaphorical body side, but rather our soul's and what the meaning of life is, like not how do we survive, but what is the actual meaning? And the meaning, you know, if you, uh, to quote the crudes, is to follow the light. <laughs> follow the light. <laughs> I swear to God, that's like follow the light would be my go-to saying because I'm a light hunter. You know, photography is nothing without light and without dark. And that's pretty much what life is about, it's light meets dark. That's what motherhood is about. It's light meets dark. Touch meets loneliness, you know, care meets, you know, um, rage and frustration. And, you know, so I think the light and dark can't exist without each other. And in photography, it's very apparent. And, you know, uh, to follow the light, I think, means to follow things that are not just about survival, but about humanity, curiosity, you know, and visual pleasure and uh, the arts, which I care deeply about, um, you know, and I think it makes us more whole, you know, as human beings. We can't just be uh, flesh and blood. We need more than that. What do you think of when you think of that term, mama gaze? I think it's a way of looking at the world, anything that's happening in the world through a mother's eye. So I started naming it the mama gaze. We need a female point of view as well as a mother point of view. I think that women have a lot to say in their narrative with them being the lead. You know, it's about owning the middle of the frame. If you want to talk about it photographically, women are center frame, motherhood is center frame, babies are center frame the female form, body, sensitivity, empathy, whatever it is that you hold, you know, you're going to put into that imagery. And I think it's very complex. And for each one, it can be different, owning the narrative as women, as mothers, as daughters, and telling the story from our point of view. And therefore, it's it's different. It makes the family the center, the kids, the home, the mother's 
the dads, things that we're seeing in our way of seeing, it's a different narrative. We're so different, you know, uh, biologically and we've got different things to say and we handle ourselves in the world in a different way, but they all encompass like a bigger way of seeing. So I can't exactly say what it is, but I think it is definitely different. It is definitely there. It's definitely recognizable. It should be a million things. Why should we be limited? I mean, how limiting is it just to go just to go from like the male gaze to a limiting female gaze or mother gaze? That would be a really, uh, yeah, a backwards and not great way to approach this. I would say freedom is the ultimate in self-expression. And if you're free to show up and kind of share your truths, the mama gaze will grow out of that organically and it will tell us what it is. I would like the mama gaze to tell me what it is. And it is already, it's showing itself to me, you know, slowly. And hopefully it will just, you know, go on growing. So that will be a better world for sure, I hope. For Carney, an important part of building this better world is infusing it with the perspective of women, with the perspective of the mother. Carney believes that in order to have a just society, women and mothers need to share an equal role in creating that society and making the important decisions that affect us all. Because again, we have a different perspective, a different center frame, as she likes to call it. If we see ourselves as building blocks and assemble in some way, this could be a much better way to look at society and building something together uh, so that everyone works towards us being more equal, which I think is only right. I think it's a better way than coming in with guns and threats and conniving power moves. I think better to build up in a different way. In an ideal world, it would be at least 50-50, right? Because it's like, again, it's like part of society and humanity and you can't ignore certain bits of what makes us whole. You know, it's going to backfire, this plan. You can't just skip over, you know, whole just groups of people. It's never going to work. Or rather, it will be unjust. Yeah, it will be an always unjust society. I love that because then every piece matters, all the different people, the different perspectives. Imagine, imagine if your block was missing, there'd be a hole, right? Just like with Jenga. There's a lot to learn from kids games, right? (laughs) We play Jenga a lot. (laughs) There we go. Jenga is like, you know, if one of the pieces is missing, when does it collapse? An important piece of getting women and mothers to share an equal role in building up and making important decisions about our world is creating support systems around moms who choose to work. We've got a brain, we want to use it, we want to tap into our talents, we want to be out there in the world, and we want to be equal to men, we want to get equal pay, you know, we want to have impact on decision-making, you know, we need to be where the decisions are being made, you know, and I think that's so true. We find ourselves in the reality of like, oh, we need to work, we're allowed to work, we want to work, We need to mother, we want to mother, we choose to mother. How the hell do we do those two together? Nobody's come up with that answer yet. Often you feel like a failure as a mum, a failure as a work body person because you're trying to handle too much. And the mums often like just give up in the end because sometimes the battle is so harsh, like between the guilt of leaving your kids home 
and going to work and feeling it's justified. I started since I'm mama and generally as a mother, struggling with this place of mixing work and home, not having enough childcare and support, feeling alone, you know, through my own weaknesses, uh, you know, feeling like I'm going crazy from lack of sleep, anxiety through the roof, feeling less than worthy, feeling a tired, mumsy, uh, unrelevant person in the world because society is making me feel that way, not because it's true. I've got a great, you know, partner who shares everything with me. We made it very clear at the beginning, but still early as a very much on the mother, whether they're breastfeeding or bottle and very needy of the mum. often it's just the way it goes. And then you're sleep deprived and somebody has to work. So often, even when me and my partner were co-directing, he would go into work because I felt unable nearly to show up. And that's why paid leave is so crucial because, you know, I was expected to go back to work after a couple of months and felt pretty much in an out-of-body experience, probably for the first year. At least my kid wasn't sleeping. I was a nervous wreck. I was confused about my identity. Uh, I felt guilty about being home and not doing anything, but guilty not going into work. And then if you go to work, you feel like a mess and Nothing feels like it's working at the beginning and it's just sort of easier to divide it and just leave it in some kind of weird setup where somebody has to give up a career that they've worked on their whole lives, perhaps. If you want to stay home, that's another issue. That's great. But if you don't, I think you need to be enabled to go like paid leave, early years childcare, making sure there's more empathy as a female boss you need to not only accommodate women with children, but actually reach out. And the pandemic brought this out. Like often kids were just hanging off women's heads on Zoom, you know, and that coming to face with reality in an extreme way made us more attuned to the fact that we need to ask questions and we need to see, are you okay? Can you come in? Are the hours working for you? Do you need to work from home? Do you need flexible work hours? Is there anything we can do to make it easier? Because these women are multitaskers. They're often really good thinkers, really good jugglers, but they often feel like they're failing a lot, like I felt I was as well. Like I would literally hide it and just be like, not never talk about my kids, never talk about the juggle, and just be like the lads coming in, pretending to be carefree. But if you're not showing up with your full authentic self, what are you showing up with? You're showing up with a fake and therefore you're never going to be as good as you could be, as honest and real and powerful and kind of tapping into your talents as you would be if you came in and said, you know, oh, this is really hard. I've left my kids or I can't pick them up. How can we solve this? How can you enable me to be a better work person if you could say, like, here's the impact I would love, your dream impact in the world, what would it be? I think it's like a multi-layered uh, effect. I think this chain of visibility, by empowering other mothers to share their stories and by curating a story that's coherent and powerful, and then other more powerful women in the media or in books or, or whether it's with money or support are going to empower me uh, and that goes out to the world, 
I think slowly the narrative changes. You feel like you're more seen and therefore you feel more empowered. And then you can fight for things that feel obvious and that you need. Because if you're feeling weak and like the underdog, you won't have the energy to empower yourself or others. You won't feel worthy of it either. So I feel like it's this big puzzle where if everyone uses their tool, if everyone does something rather than nothing, or whoever can does, and whoever can't just supports uh, or shares or, you know, whatever it is that you do, you can empower the feeling that, you know, empathy is a superpower and that care can be a commodity and that mothers do matter and that mamas should be able to work and be moms and that women should be in all the important places and make the decisions and we should be the lead characters in this thing that's called life. My tool is my eye and my heart and like at the age of 48 I think I finally just realized how to use them best and the best way I can use my eye and heart is through building a platform where I enable other women to use their eyes and hearts. And that chain of enabling and supporting each other, and then, you know, the editors of Nat Geo support me, or Vogue, Alessia Glaviano Vogue has done the same for me, or Sarah Lee, and so many other women who, who have supported me along the way. We elevate each other, and that's the way forward. You know, anyone who supports someone else and gives them visibility. And I'm sure this is going to be a journey, but women have got to make those decisions uh, for other women, you know, because that's the only way it's going to evolve. And we're going to have to fight all the way, you know, for everything, whether it's, you know, our rights for abortions, for your bodies, to earn equal pay, to, you know, have flexible work hours, um, to have paid leave, None of this is obvious and none of this is happening as a set standard. And obviously less empowered countries, you know, are going to have even bigger struggles where women are less empowered. They might not even be safe. They might, you know, there's, there's abuse. There's so many other issues. Until we look at all these things, we can't be an evolved society and we can't be an equal society because we're overlooking a huge sector and a huge part of humanity that could give so much back to humanity. I mean, God knows it's not worked out that well with the male lead. I mean, it's okay. We're alive just about, but like, look at the state of the world. Look at the state of healthcare. Look at the state of women and mothers and children. Look at the state of old people. Look at the state of nature. All the things that matter seem to be neglected. I'm not an idealist. Like I realize there's compromises to be made, but I think women should be more, you know, in the picture. Carney also wants future generations to be able to look back and see what was going on in the world during this time through a mother's eyes. The mother gaze could be amazing historically because what if in 100, 200, 1,000 years we look back at the time of pandemic or look back at the time of war in Ukraine and we see how that looked through the eyes of mothers and women. Like that's historical, like that's never been done before. That is a first. Because we so little share the stories and definitely the images, um, especially in historical times, because often it's the people out at war, the soldiers or, you know, 
photojournalists. Now there's a lot of really talented photojournalists out there. You know, a lot of women, I've been following Lindsay Adario and who I admire and a lot of other women who are doing great work. Um, but I'm interested in that introspective look, you know, back into the home again. And I feel like knowing, I mean, imagine you could look at the 1800s or the, you know, turn of the century or, you know, First World War, Second World War, and look at a portfolio of the home that would tell us so much about humanity and society then. Uh, but we don't. Like, we've got a couple of images you know, here and there of this or that, mostly of, like, war outside or, you know, images taken by men of women, which is different, you know, the male gaze. So, so you know, I think it's just a historical project I think no more than today within warfare and a lot of hate crime and misogynistic crime and, you know, a lot of issues. There's also a lot of beauty in the world. By the way, this is not like some doomsday portfolio. It's got a lot of optimism and hope and beauty and charm and magic because you need the both. Like, again, it's the dark and light of photography and life. It's going to have both and you can't ever just have the one, the pursuit of beauty is is got to be infused with darkness and reality as well so i mean that's humanity exactly you can find carney and see these beautiful motherhood photos on instagram at i mama project or check out her website at www.imamaproject.com carney's also creating an i mama project book which will be released next year Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I need your help to help this show get in front of more mom listeners who might benefit from these stories. Please follow, rate, and review the podcast. Go to mamaihearyou.com on whatever device you use to listen to your podcasts and click on the button that says rate this show. That's M-A-M-A-I-H-E-A-R-Y-O-U.com. Also at mamaihearyou.com, there is one of my favorite things. You can record your answer to the fun question of the month, such as, where do all the missing socks go? The answers will be pieced together in upcoming episodes with some of the best answers shared on Mama I Hear You's Instagram page and in the Facebook group. And finally, I would love to hear from you. At the website, you can leave me an audio message about the show or just motherhood in general, as well as fill out a short form if you'd like to share your own motherhood story on the show. Thank you again for listening, and I look forward to connecting with you.